Hi, welcome to Season 2 of the Silverline Podcast, an audio version of our video streams that we hold weekly. They're edited a little bit to make them a little more concise. My name is Roland Mann. I'm the head honcho at Silverline, and we have a great time making fun comics that we think that you'll enjoy. So thank you for listening, and maybe go check out some of our comics if you haven't already. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Silver Sunday. I'm still sharing close here. Silver Sunday this January, March, April, May 28th, uh, 2022, the year of our Lord. How's everyone doing tonight? Doing well. Doing very good. well. Very good. And if you've seen our post, you know what we're, I mean, I got to hide this screen over here. You know what we're talking about uh, tonight. We are going to talk about uh, some legal stuff. The young lawyer who is joining us today, Joshua Caleb, JC. You say hi, JC. Hello, everyone. Good to be here. Hello. <clears throat> Excuse me. Excellent. And, and, and uh, right off the bat, I want to uh, make this clear, but I am not a lawyer yet. I'll be taking the bar <laughs> in July. Uh, just I graduated law school a couple weeks ago with honors. And so uh, right now I'm in the midst of the bar study process. Excellent. So, so you're... You're 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 this close to being a lawyer. Exactly. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> uh, we'll talk about some of that too. Uh, before we get started, we want to uh, shout out to uh, our sponsors. Uh, a big thank you to Daytona Beach Comic Con in uh, Daytona Beach, uh, Florida. If you like comic books and you like comic book conventions and like to meet uh, independent comic book makers, you should make your plans to attend Daytona Beach Comic Con in September. I believe those dates are September 10 and 11. Uh, make your plans now. Silverline will have a, a big crew there. So gather up your Silverline comics and bring them to us, and we will sign them. Better yet, buy new copies while you're there. Get fresh copies and hand the old ones, hand the unsigned copies to your friends. Get them to read Silverline Comics. Uh, big shout out to Coliseum of Comics in Orlando. Uh, if you are in Orlando and you are looking for Silverline Comics, you can check Coliseum of Comics on East Colonial or we discovered a couple of weeks ago in Claremont. So uh, if you are in the Orlando area and you are looking for um, Silverline Comics, be sure to tell them that Silverline sent you. Uh, shout out to Orlando Collector Deviants. If you are, if you like fan stuff by fans, uh, you should follow uh, Orlando Collector Deviants. They always do these really cool walkthroughs. They go to these conventions that you can't necessarily go to. And, and Steve always takes his little uh, camera on a pole up there and he just walks through and, and shows you all the stuff, all the stuff that you're missing. So, uh, but they bring a lot of that stuff to you. So, and, uh, and last but not least, uh, big shout out to Kablam who prints uh, our comics. Uh, if you are an independent comic book creator and you need to get your comic printed, you've got it all done. You just need it printed. You need to reach out to Kablam and say, hey, here's my book, and they will take care of you. They take good care of us. So, uh, And tonight we are talking about the legal stuff. I didn't really know. I didn't, I didn't really... And JC and I didn't really talk about anything specific, so I just said legal stuff. We're, we're going to talk legal stuff tonight, and uh, tonight, uh, thus far, we may have some uh, new ones join us. We've uh, I, I am joined by Curtis Fujita. Curtis, say hello to everybody. Hi. <laughs> and, 
And <laughs> and we are joined by Roby Conroy. Roberta, say hi to Hello, everyone. <laughs> and I am Roland Man, and we are joined by our special guest, uh, JC. Can I say your last name? You don't have it on the screen, so... Uh, Barton. Okay. <laughs> so, JC, I didn't know if I'm like, okay, are you trying to be incognito here? <laughs> so JC Barton is going to uh, join us and uh, answer a lot of legal questions. Before we get there, uh, Roberta, did you want to share a screen some? Sure. Okay. okay. Um, so so JC, the, the first thing I want to add, because I met, so I'm going to tell a little story about how JC and I met. And um, and then we'll come back and start bombarding him with all kinds of questions. We've got a couple of uh, comments here. Bobby Weskovich says, hello, big dummy. Show you on Facebook at home. Thank you, Screw Loose. I appreciate that. Uh, JC, uh, for those who don't know, uh, Bobby Weskovich is my father-in-law. Always calls me big dummy. Uh, <laughs> Wubba says, hello, mi amigos. No, he says, hola. Sorry. What's up, Wubba? <laughs> we need to get you back on here, my friend. Um get back on here and join us um so where was i going with that what, what was uh before the comments oh i was telling the story about jc so last year right last year at uh megacon i got the uh i got the call because so many people canceled at megacon they worked their way down the list to me and uh so i i got the call to go to uh, megacon and set up there and i was set up there and I don't know, one of the first days, I can't remember, uh, JC comes by, he uh, picks up a copy of, of Trump's, we talk a little bit about it, have a, a good conversation, and then the next day, he comes by and he says, hey, where's number two? <laughs> so, nice. I, I like I like this one, I want number two. And so we had a really good conversation there. Um, I think I, I put my, uh, I put all the Silverline stuff in the bag, and he emails me, he said, hey, I really, and so we just started emailing back and forth, and uh, I, I from my side, anyway, we really hit it off. Uh, JC likes what Silverline's doing, uh, and we just talked about a lot of different things. And then I had the opportunity again to um, sit down with him at this year's uh, MegaCon, and we just had a, a, a nice chat. and And uh, it's exciting to see what all he is going to do. So um, that's kind of how I met JC. So, so JC, my first question to you would be, what? caused you to decide I want to go be an entertainment lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's that's a little bit of a story. Originally, I was not planning on being a lawyer. Uh, my first vocational love was actually for the film industry. I wanted to be a director, a producer, and as well as a screenplay writer. And so that's what I was focused on uh, from the time I was 12 years old. I went to a, a mega church in uh, Tampa, Florida, and I uh, got to, you know, I, from the time I was 12, I started serving in the TV ministry. I uh, went on, started like a youth uh, film group and cool. made short films. And uh, then I got certified in multiple multimedia fields. And I have got Adobe um after effects premiere pro you know 3d design uh, animation special effects like i got just a, a flurry of certificate professional level certifications and then i started a small production company uh, manifested visions i so, ran that for about a decade um but so then, asterisk to your law 
the asterisk to your law career is that if you want videos made, they can call you too, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, one day it'll, it'll come in handy when I'm, you know, making ads for my offer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know. Can't so afford a film crew? Hire J.C. Barton, <laughs> attorney at large. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know i that was my focus uh originally and then uh, when i graduated uh law not law school but when i graduated from high school i was actually homeschooled from the third of third grade straight through high school and in florida there's this big homeschool convention that happens every year uh in the orlando area uh, put on by hslda and fpea uh two different uh, homeschool and parent education groups and so anyway, it happens at the Gaylord Palms Resort. Um, and one of the speakers at the graduation was a representative out of Texas, Representative Rick Green. And while he was giving his speech, great motivational speech, uh, but he mentioned a program, uh, Patriot Academy, which was a fleet, uh, an elite political training program. And uh, my dad was like, hey, you should apply for that. And so I decided to apply. They, got, they get thousands of applications every year. Uh, they only accept 100. And 25 out of that 100 is reserved uh, for alumni. Wow. Uh, but I applied, I got in, and uh, basically you uh, go to Texas for a week, you go to the state capitol, and uh, you forget to participate in the political process from beginning to end. You know, from you have to go there with a bill, one or more bills that you're going to try and get passed in the law, go through committee, uh, get it, you know, through the calendar committee, then get it onto the House floor, debate it on the House floor, or watch it go to the Senate. And, I got to learn U.S. history from David Barton. I got to, um, you know, meet a lot of state senators and representatives. I got to uh, meet the governor, who at that time was Governor Rick Perry of oh. Texas, and uh, just really had a, an amazing time. Uh, at the end of this experience, actually won the Rookie of the Year award, which was the number one award you could win as a first-time uh, PA. Cool. And Thank you. And, you know, coming back from that experience, I had this passion for law, uh, you know, <laughs> coming back from that. <laughs> and so, you know, so there I was, you know, I still had my vocational law for film, and now I also had one for law. And so I was like, okay, well, there's a spot where these two things meet on the Venn diagram. And so, and that was entertainment law. And so that's how I landed there. That's interesting. Yeah, you know, and, and and you have to ask that just because you know I'm sure uh, we we've all got you know no lawyers in uh, in our you know circles. Hello, John Crowther. How you doing? Uh, we've all got uh, lawyers. In a, for those who don't know, John is uh, John Crowther, the writer of Teen Beetle, uh, is also an attorney. Um, he, I, I, you know, uh, John, if you're listening, I apologize. I'm going to get this wrong. I think he's a real estate attorney. I think that's his specialty. So, so we all know lawyers and, and you know, kind of our, what's that? A different type of property. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I don't, you know, you got uh, Curtis and Roberta probably remember the, the, the only real entertainment lawyer I think I've ever known is Will McGuire. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> did mm -hmm. you just laugh, Roberta? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but you know, JC, I was telling you that you know Malibu used to have uh, uh, an entertainment attorney on staff mm -hmm. that to handle that, and that was Will McGuire. That was that was he just he had an office in our building, and 
that's what he did from from morning until night. He took care of all of the the legal stuff that uh, that Malibu did. So I'm sure he was busy. Oh, he yeah, he was very busy. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we were always having him run uh, trademark. Hey, we got a, a mm-hmm. name for a character. And we would just send him names and stuff like this. And he'd come back. It's available. You want me to get it? And I'm like, yeah, get it. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Um, so, so when you when you when you decided to change from uh, exclusively film to entertainment law, um, was there? I mean, were there obstacles in your path that this is no, no, no? You need to. This is what you need to rem- keep doing this. So uh, there weren't really any obstacles uh, in the in my path. I mean, I I was pretty heavily in in getting involved in the film industry in Florida. Uh, so I had built a strong and growing network of connections uh, in the local film industry. Uh, leading up to starting law school, I was traveling all over the state, uh, you know, doing films here, there, and the other place. I got to go to um, the movie guides, red carpet gala in Hollywood, and, um, and just do like a bunch of amazing things in the industry. But as far as like impediments, there really weren't any. Uh, I was blessed to have an opportunity to do an, an internship at a law firm um, that's that's here in Orlando. And so I got to uh, I ended up having a mentor who's a lawyer uh, who knew my dad. And uh, and then, you know, I was able to, to work at his firm and, you know, and uh, get some hands on experience. And so, nice. uh, you know, my 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 parents were, were not opposed uh, to the idea. That's of good. into law or anything like that. So it was uh, a pretty a smooth transition as, as far as all of this is concerned. Uh, that's, that's, that's important. It, uh, you know, as Silverline, you know, likes to stress family here because we believe that that's a, a very important part of everything that, that we are and that we do here. Um, Wubba says about one more month, boss man. Okay. And this goes back to him joining us. Uh, glad to hear that Wubba. You are, you are missed, uh, sir. He says, Cat Mouse 4 is almost done, and I want to finish it before I move. Yeah, that is that is exciting. Good idea. (laughs) Everybody here, well, I guess you can hear all the all the cheers for that. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, very much looking forward to that. So um, so JC, if you if you said, All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take and pass the bar in July, and then I can plot myself into my ideal job. We know you gotta work to get there, but if you could take yourself after passing the bar. And just plop yourself into that I- ideal job. What would that be? So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that would be a position where I get to um, work mainly in on the film side of things uh, mm-hmm. related to trademark and copyrights uh, in the film industry. Uh, making uh, extremely good money, uh, you know, like six, <laughs> nice, you know, six-figure, uh, six-figure income doing trademark and copyright law within the film industry. Uh, that would be that would be the ideal uh, ideal position for me. Cool. Now, 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 you told me, uh, so, uh, so some some of these things. I'm not. Does he want people to know this? Because you you and I have talked about this. So so I know that you're you're going to. Uh, your t- intent is to operate in Florida. Mm-hmm. You, you, it w- will that make you exclusive to Florida or? So uh, an interesting aspect of intellectual property law is that uh, a lot of 
IP law is federal. Uh, and it's it's at the federal level as opposed to the state level, just so that there can be continuity uh, across the board when it comes to most uh, intellectual property law. So certain boundaries that might be there if I were uh, looking to, to focus in other areas of law, um, those boundaries won't necessarily be an issue uh, when it comes to intellectual property law. Wow. Also, I do intend to uh, get take the bar in California as well. So I'll have a Florida and California under my belt. Sweet. That's great. Yeah. Uh, now, now, the reason that you want to do, uh, this is a question, uh, the reason that you want to do uh, Florida and California, California obviously is where the, the hub of the entertainment industry is, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because, uh, especially these days, more and more content is being created outside of Hollywood, uh, but lots of the decision making from what I've uh, from what I've witnessed and from what I understand, lots of the decision making at the top levels is still taking place inside of Hollywood. And so, um, you know, when you're dealing with the legal side of things, you know, you're you're generally dealing with the decision makers uh, as opposed to you know the the people actually uh, you know necessarily on the ground making the content itself. Yeah. Uh, so you know, so it's important to be able to you know, to have that, that inroad and all the necessary licensing and stuff inside of the state where the decisions are being made. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say uh, as, you know, for us being the people on the, <clears throat> on the ground, a lot of time, we never saw a lot of that stuff. Not at, certainly not at Malibu. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, that was stuff that, you know, you say, here's what we need. And they say, okay, we got it, <laughs> you know, and then it would yes, just sir. happen, you know? Um, yes, sir. Uh, Roberta and Curtis, y'all yeah. have before I before I have a long list of questions to ask him, but uh, uh, y'all have anything that you can think of you want to ask? Uh, I'm still not quite sure uh, what legal issues I would have as an artist, other than maybe someone stealing my my work offline. That oh. that would be uh, the level of of concern I would have. Okay, well, let's look. Can I can I turn that one into a question for you? Yes. Thank so, you. if you're an artist here, uh, JC, if you're an artist uh, like Roberta, and she has posted some of her artwork online and discovers that someone has um, uh, appropriated her artwork for stuff, um, what are what are her uh, what's her options? What can she do? Where where what's her rights and what you know what rights have they trampled on and and so what can she do so um i will preface my answer with this mm-hmm. <laughs> legally there's all there are certain things i can say uh uh-huh. and i cannot say even when i know a lot more than i can say until Thanks. after i've taken the bar okay um, so, so I, don't, we don't want you to say anything Ill, that you can't that will get you right. in trouble yeah, right. safe <laughs> answers. Well, we'll uh, how about how about we do this? We'll go ahead and on the air here, <clears throat> we'll go ahead and ask you back for after you've passed the bar. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Well, that, would that also work? Have a little bit of a little bit of free time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so, so what can you tell us then? What, what? Uh... So I can, I can give you like general uh, uh, descriptions of, okay. of the law and what the law says. Uh, I can also give you the advice to uh, go talk to a lawyer about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whatever uh, the issue might be. 
Um, it's, you know, obviously it's great to have uh, friends who are lawyers who, you know, who deal with, who deal with these sort of, uh, these sort of issues and stuff, because, yeah. you know, if you ever have an issue, you can, you know, you have that instant line of con contact, you know, you can, you know, reach out and, you know, and uh, get, you know, get some help and assistance and advice. Yeah. Well, if I, if I can add a personal anecdote, um, that happened to me recently. I haven't had a chance to update you, but really? but um, I, ha I had to get a lawyer to send out my first cease and desist letter uh, just what? about a week. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah. yeah. So um, I found out that uh, a company, which I won't go into super details, but I found out they had uh, taken my artwork and mm -hmm. were using it for one of their online articles and had been using it for about 17 months without me being aware of it. No way. Oh. Yeah, so so I, I, I talked to... Uh, the legal team that I work with and we drafted our cease and desist letter and sent it over there and uh, they took it down because it was, <laughs> they weren't supposed to be doing that. And awesome. uh, the, the funniest thing is I talked to my friends who are, you know, uh, far more ahead in their uh, art industry career and stuff like that. And they said, well, they said, this is great. I said, what do you mean? They said, congratulations. You're, you've officially made it. You, you, you sent yeah, out your, someone stolen your art. <laughs> Somebody stole your art. You're, you know, it's a, it's right it's of passage. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, I guess I'll, I guess I'll take it that way. But, um, yes. yeah. yeah, I just I don't know I, if I'd find it cool, but I'm, <laughs> I did a of passage. I so I, I, I know a comic creator, and uh, he created this character, uh, Captain China. And so, um, really great art and stuff. You can, you know, find it if you uh, do a quick Google search. But, but anyway, uh, and he's he's from China. He uh, came here when he was really young. Uh, but anyway, he found out that in China there were action figures of his character being sold. They have full blown Captain China merchandise, um, wow. Lego type figures, action wow. figures. You know, the whole nine yards, whole kit and caboodle. And he is seeing a this much return. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, that is what you're talking about. It can happen. Yeah. So, and so it's, of course, it's a lot harder to try and enforce, you know, copyrights in China uh, because, you know, one, the Chinese government is not as cooperative uh, <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> uh, you know, and then there's, you know, other factors there with the differences in, in copyright law and things like that. So, yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Wubba adds, uh, and this is why I don't post much stuff on the net. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's a catch-22, you know, <laughs> because uh, right these days, I mean, you know, most people are not going to find your, your stuff if you don't have an online presence. Um, but at the same time, by having the online presence, you do open yourself up to, you know, the possibility that somebody nefarious... You don't Oh, I just thought of a question. Can I ask? Yeah. Can I ask about that online presence? So is that a, a tool possibly to be used to ascertain your validity of being a creator if you were the first one to have it online? So by law, any evidence of, you know, as far as the timeline and when this was created and stuff, any evidence that's relevant to that uh, will most likely be admissible uh, for the purpose of proving, hey, this is, you know, I was, I made this website in, you know, 2000 and X, right? And here mm -hmm. are all the receipts and blah, 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 right? Like that would 
uh, be uh, great evidence to show that, you know, that you've had it for, for that period of time. Um, you know, one interesting thing about, you know, if you were to just jot something down in a notebook, I mean, unless you, you know, unless you dated it or something like that, I mean, there's, it's really hard to prove, okay, this is, you know, this is when I wrote it down, you know, yeah. um, but if something's online, you know, there's hard evidence, you know, you can look at metadata on files or you could, you know, uh, just go and pull up the receipts on when the website was created or something like that, or when the document was uploaded. Uh, so things like this uh, can definitely be used as evidence for, for when you created uh, your work. That's good. Yeah. Could, could, you, could you remark on, you know, I know that they, they talk about, like, was it uh, creative common copyright law? Like if you publish something, you essentially, or you create something you have, as I understand it, some, some type of copyright in it, but that's also different than necessarily getting a trademark or a patent or something in, in that is, could you describe how somebody navigates the differences between those two or? or, or so, yeah. So, uh, so the, in, in intellectual property, there's, there's three main pillars of it. There's trademark, there's copyright and there's patent. So copyright are for works of art, uh, whether it's music, um, a written work, like a book, um, a drawing of a new character, right? Uh, a story, you know, works of art, all that falls under copyright. And you have the right to copy that. You have the right to display or perform it in public. Um, there are a handful of rights that are that come with that copyright. A trademark, on the other hand, uh, that is uh, used for, um, for whether they be sounds or logos or words that are used to identify goods or services. So, for example, you know, the M, the yellow M, right, is used to identify the goods of hamburgers, french fries, things like this, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that is an example of a trademark. It is a, a mark that is attached to the trade of those specific goods, right? Um, and so, you know, and the, the list goes on as far as examples are concerned. A patent is uh, different from the others in that a patent is uh, for inventions. Uh, and so you can have utility patents, you can have design patents, um, but basically these are for, you know, if you were to come up with a new, you know, a new drug or you were in some cases uh, to invent new uh, plants to certain extent, how uh, you can get some, some patents on those. Um, uh, so basically, you know, if you invented the computer, right, you'd be able to get a patent on that or a new type of computer, you can get a, a patent on that. Uh, so there are different things fit into different wheelhouses. Now, in some cases, there's some overlap. So for example, uh, you know, someone might come up with a screenplay. Well, the screenplay can be copyrighted. Mm -hmm. Then uh, the name of the screenplay, they want that to be attached to the goods of all of the goods that they'll be selling, all the merchandise they'll be selling as part of the screenplay. So let's say the screenplay is Star Wars, but Star Wars, the name is also going to be attached to these you know, these glow-in-the-dark sticks and these cloaks and these other things that are going to be sold in connection with it, right? And so that's going to be trademarked, right? So the screenplay is copyrighted, the name is trademarked, and then while making the film, George Lucas is like, okay, I need to do things that there are no, there currently is no technology to do, so I'm going to invent technology that doesn't currently exist so that I can do these different jumps on the speed racers and all this stuff. And that new invention that he creates is in patent, right? And so that's kind of an example of, of the three things uh, kind of working together. And then 
Um, as far as a, a copyright is concerned, uh, the, the biggest thing is, yes, you do have a copyright on your work the moment you create it. Um, but the best part about registering is that the law presumes notice on everyone uh, when you have registered your copyright. It serves one as proof that you created the work and when you created the work, right? So there's like that, that timeline. Um, and then also it's the law basically assumes that uh, once something has been registered as a copyright, everybody has notice of it, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, if, um, if you come up with character X and then somebody else in uh, New Jersey comes up with a character that's substantially similar to character X, if neither of you know about each other, neither of you influence each other, nobody was like, you know, y'all weren't having conversations, you have no idea who each other is, right? Well, if neither one of you um, has registered, then there are different rules that go into play on, okay, well, who owns the character? Do both of you get to keep your own respective characters in the respective area? And there are different rules that go into that. But if one of you have registered your copyright, then now the other one is presumed to be on notice. Right. So um, as of the date of whenever that copyright was made. And so uh, there's just a, a wider breadth of protection that comes with uh, with registering your, your copyright. And then as far as Creative Commons is concerned. So uh, you can you know, you can choose like Creative Commons. Generally, uh, some some uh, some copyright owners will allow their work to be used uh, for different purposes. And so you can choose to allow. Uh, you know, people to have certain rights. So think of think of a copyright as like a bundle a bundle of sticks, right? Uh, any property you own, right? We're talking about intangible intangible property, mm -hmm. but any property you own, there's like a bundle of sticks that comes, right? And there's like, for example, uh, movie rights to the character. There's the rights to create um, roller coasters for the character. There's the the book rights for the character. The comic book rights for the character. The rights to distribute any of the aforementioned things for the character, right? So, for example, you might have sold Universal um, the 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 total rights to make movies based on your Harry Potter character, but you haven't sold them the right to make the roller coaster or any sort of theme park based mm -hmm. on the character. So now they have to rent that from you, and they thought they owned it, but they don't because you sued them and, and, and you won the court case. Right? A lot of and, so, and, so, and so now you're a billionaire because because you hadn't given them that stick. You gave them the stick for the movies. You didn't give them the stick for the roller coasters and the theme park. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like a bundle of sticks and you maintain any stick that you don't contract or otherwise give away to somebody. Else. And so uh, with the Creative Commons, you can choose to allow your works to be used, you know, for non-commercial purposes, for example, or for any purposes uh, with attribution, you know, so they might have to, you know, give you a shout out or something like that. Um, but that's that's the gist. You can choose to do that. Um, you might be familiar there's a there's a gentleman named Kevin McLeod uh, he has a company I believe it's called Incompetech and it's the number one uh, producer of Creative Commons uh, music uh, on in the world right now uh, because if you if you're making films or if you're doing you know YouTube shows or whatever you know everybody wants to have music whether it's a little Google at the beginning or end or whether they're just making a film commercial but it's very expensive to get licenses from 
use it for television spots or whatever. And so this guy, Kevin McLeod, he created a, um, he's a music composer. He just has all of his things create a common. And so you can either buy a license for a very, very decent price um, to use his work without attribution, or you can use his works for free. You just have to say, you know, give him credit, right? Music by Tyler McLeod, blah, 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 with his website link and stuff like this. And so because he did that, he actually used Creative Commons as a means to really become prolific. Um, and so, you know, now, I mean, he's got a whole Wikipedia page dedicated to him. You put up his name in Google, you'll get all these articles and, you know, all of this wow. sort of stuff. His music's been in, you know, on TV commercials and movies, you know, like it's just, yeah. but, um, but that's, you know, and uh, the difference between the three and a little bit about the creative process. That's great. Thank That's you. pretty cool. I know my daughter just sold, um, uh, she just got money for selling. She put some of her music up on um, for sale and she got a pretty decent check uh, for selling. But she's not even sure where it's used, right? And it's like, uh okay i guess that's cool because she has you know she made it available there someone purchased it someone used it and we're like we're not sure how to find where that is because we'd kind of like to see it like if it's in a commercial or or whatever we'd, we'd kind of like to see it um right. what says they can find me on the credits of cat the credits page of cat and mouse <laughs> or through facebook uh royal airship says i'm digging rolling shirt can't wait to see you in pittsburgh which, by the mm -hmm. way, is in one week. I'll be in Pittsburgh at Three Rivers Comic Con, along with Royal Airships and uh, Scott Wakefield. I don't know. Is, is Royal Airships a secret? So I don't know what it is. He gives thumbs up. It's because I showed him my shirt, right? Um, meaning, is Royal Airships your secret identity? It's what, that was the question. I don't want to reveal, you know, it's kind of like knowing who Spider-Man is and not telling <laughs> the secret identity um uh okay so uh other questions you guys well one one thing I, i'd be curious and i, I think I, I would just kind of wonder what if i'm correct in this understanding right with with trademarks you know you were talking about that idea of the bundle of sticks and, and you know the different ways things can be used isn't it also like if you were wanting to get a trademark you have to get a trademark not just for the comic book but a, a separate trademark and the fee associated with it for trademarking it for film trademarking it for clothing if you were the holder of the intellectual property and wanted to kind of insulate yourself that way um, so the, is, the law allows you to get a trademark and associate it with whatever goods and services you wish to associate it with um now there are you know a flurry of rules about what makes a strong versus a weak trademark but you could you know have a a trademark and associate it with literally whatever goods or services you want um now you know there are rules as far as you know the, the more categories you know the more potential um obstacles you could run in with with getting your trademark approved right because there might be uh you know for example we're all familiar with coca-cola uh, but there are other companies with the name Coca-Cola um, yeah. that you really? know, sell, sell car equipment or sell, you know, things that are completely and utterly unrelated to drinks, right? And so, you know, and that's allowed because Coca-Cola uh, as a company, its trademark is associated with specific goods, right? And in their, in their case, beverages. 
Whereas you can get, you know, a trademark that as long as it won't confuse the public, so that when you look at it, you can tell right off the back, okay, it says Coca-Cola, but this is not the drink. Um, so, so theoretically, it be Coca-Cola Comics? Uh, theoretically, yes. Yeah. Uh, provided, provided that there is not a risk of confusing the public uh, as to... The drink? Know, <laughs> right, yeah. as to, the, you know, so as long as the public, you know, would reasonable, the reasonable person in the public would, would uh-huh. look at it and not be confused and think, oh, you know, the uh, then yes, you know, that, that is something that could be done. Wow. Okay. Uh, Royal Airships has, he goes, haha, spill the beans. Okay. So Royal Airships is Rory Boyle of, uh, of Steam Patriots. So uh, he says, is there a bundle deal to get everything covered? So you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> um, I, I would say that anyone who's who's looking to get a trademark, um, definitely go speak with a good lawyer and, um, you know, ask all of these questions so that you can get specific advice as far as your, you know, your specific uh, circumstances. Concerned. Uh, I will say this. I worked for a, a trademark law firm. I uh, did a had a great internship with a, with a trademark law firm here in uh, Florida, and you know one thing we came into a lot with a lot of uh, clients is that you know people will would would try and save money by not hiring a lawyer on the front end because you don't need a lawyer to apply for a trademark, uh, but then they would run into all these issues because there are a lot of peculiarities with the law and there are a lot of specifics and different things like this. And then you know when the USPTO would. Uh, would respond and, you know, say, here are all these issues with your application, right? Then they would need a higher lawyer to then fix <laughs> their application. And it actually costs more to fix a bad application than to file a proper one in the beginning, right? Wow. So, you know, it was actually costing them more in lawyer fees to fix their, their mistakes than it would have cost them if they just hired the lawyer. Hmm. Right. And so uh, keep that in mind as well. Um, you know, get a good lawyer, ask them all your questions and, um, you know, and just get it done right. first. <laughs> yeah. And I think, uh, you know, so so I should probably add um, because when I met at Megacon, anyone who's listening can can would you say can rightfully assume you are uh, you also wear a geek badge. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I do. <laughs> so, I, I I inherited I inherited that badge from my dad. Actually, <laughs> he, he bestowed it upon me at a young age. <laughs> I've been wearing it proudly ever since. <laughs> so, so uh, you you probably know. So, you know, the thing about comics is, and, and of course, you, you're, you know, you're talking with a group of folks who absolutely love comics, despite the things that I'm about to say. <laughs> uh, the, the, part of the problem with comics comics is that you know it's just such a small industry i know i think i remember i told you how much money i made from a, a publisher back in the 90s when when there was a lot of money going around they sent me a check right and it's like i was like okay thank you for the 75 dollars you just sent me right <laughs> so so the, the the thing about comics is that it's it's you know notoriously small and there's just not much money in it so I think that this is why particularly independent creators are seeking ways and, and, and Roy, I'm not targeting you because you ask a question that I know everybody wants to know when you ask, is there a bundle that covers everything is that, that 
comic creators are always independent comic creators are always looking for shortcuts because there's just there's just not money. It's like I don't know where I'm going to get this money. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't afford this. And 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 so that you know I'm I'm sure I, you've seen it enough to know this is why you get a lot of that. Right, and and that's that's definitely you know very true. I think you know one one. The only thing that, like the the one asterisk I would I would say is that you know I, it's not so much that there isn't money; it's just that the people who are willing to pay don't know you exist. Okay. Ooh, I like at, that. When when you look at um, let's look at the the manga genre, right? It's blown up. I mean, the numbers are astronomical. We're talking about manga, like the actual physical book, right? Demon <laughs> right. Slayer is one single book. And it yeah. outsold the entire American comic book industry, right? Know, and, and not even by a little bit. Like it straight up just blew it out of the water. And that's one that doesn't even take into account all of the other manga, that are out there, right? And so the 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 thing is, though, one of the reasons there there are a few reasons that kind of coincided, but one of the reasons that manga is doing so well right now is because when people look at the American comic book industry. All they see is Marvel and DC. And so yeah. if they don't like what they see, they look elsewhere. Okay. Um, and so because of that, because they think all that's there is, you know, what they see, the biggest mm-hmm. name, if they don't like it, they look elsewhere. And the elsewhere thus far, uh, at least in recent years, has been anime, has been manga. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there are a lot of dollars that would be flowing into, uh, you know, into uh, independent comic book creators uh, pockets that simply aren't just because you know people don't know right, right? and yeah. so um, and so they're they're getting that fill on the on the anime side or on the manga side when they would be spreading the love if you will yeah uh, oh yeah <laughs> indie creators so I think the the money's definitely there the hunger's definitely there um, you know uh, the the comic book movies which have done so well have, have driven um, have driven a lot of interest. Uh, we don't see that in American comic book sales because people who are interested, they get interested by the movies, they come over to get the comics, they see comics that don't even kind of reflect what they've seen in the movies. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, they still got this interest, but the comics they're looking at aren't interesting. But hey, look, there's the movies, right? Okay. And so, you know, and so people are just kind of, funneling in and then skipping over, you know, yeah, the two yeah. big names and then going straight into the whole anime stick. Um, and, and so, and as well as, you know, people who've liked comics for a while, uh, who are just consumers, you know, I've done mm-hmm. the same thing. So. Well, I, I, I got a question for you that, that uh, you might not be able to answer. Um, but so, so one of the things that I know is a, is, uh, an obstacle for comic creators. Say you got a comic creator from, oh, let's just say Winter Springs, Florida, right? And you know they—that's where they're from. They went there. They really haven't been outside of the the world at all. They've got this comic. They've created this comic. They do all the local shows, right? They they do all the the small local shows to promote their work. But uh, they haven't even been. Let's just say they haven't even been to Diamond. No one knows they exist outside of this little this, this little Florida circle. And, and you can find these kinds of examples all over the U.S. Right uh, of of independent comic book creators like that. <clears throat> they have no connections to Hollywood or um, toy manufacturers 
or anything like that that could that could potentially bring them money outside of the comic book they're making. Would an entertainment attorney be able to provide those connections? So, it, it, so if so, so once you pass the bar, could someone come to you and say, "Hey, JC, I need you to represent me. I need movie deals. I need because that sounds more like an agent to me." So one thing that I I realized, and I was actually surprised by this, um, when I did an internship in Hollywood, mm-hmm. is I, I was completely surprised by how many people working behind the scenes are lawyers. It, wow. I mean, and and I'm not talking about you know how many lawyers are lawyers. I mean, like people in completely different positions, completely different avenues, agents. Um, That's That's just begging for a lawyer joke, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) How many people behind the scenes in Hollywood are lawyers? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) You know, but I was I was actually really surprised by this. And, you know, and that includes agents. And so, um, you know, I I actually had a a great uh, conversation with. Uh, with a gentleman who's a, a really major, major agent uh, in Hollywood, and he was a lawyer. And, um, you know, and obviously, you know, he's not actively practicing in law anymore. He's focused more on, you know, the agent right. side of things. But, but, yeah, he was a lawyer. And so my, my point being is if you find the right entertainment lawyer, um, then, yes, that will actually help you and, you know, you can, you know, discuss with him what, what, um, you know, what payment and stuff like that would look like. But if you find the right entertainment lawyer, then yes, that actually could help you, um, you know, not just avoid bad contracts, but actually find some good ones. <laughs> right. Right. And so, uh, so, so that's, well, that's definitely. The case. And that's something that, that I hear, you know, frequently on the con circuit is that, you know, oh, I'd love to have my my comic made into a TV show or a movie, but I don't know anybody. I don't I don't know how I don't know how to make I know how to make my comic, but I don't know anybody who could do that. You know, so I, I know that I know that a lot of people who make comic books would love to to have just even just the information how to get there. Where's the path? You know, right. So I mean, I I know a few people who. Um, who have some some uh, I know some people who who really have some uh, some some wisdom as far as how to uh, how to operate and and, and find that track uh, in, in Hollywood and you know how to go about you know going through the entire pitching process and just you know all of all of that you know it takes some work it takes some dedication um, but uh, but definitely the, the the opportunities are there they're yeah. definitely there Um you know, they, it's it's for people who are on the outside of the building. They don't realize how many open doors there are on the inside, but there are tons of open doors. Oh, that's um, cool to hear. Yes, sir. There are there are tons of open doors. If you just you know, it, it does help to know the right people. But you know, I I would encourage uh, anybody who's you know perfected their craft and they've got a good story and you know they they've had some some critical people look over their story and and still got thumbs up 
you know, um, then they they think that it's ready to, you know, to to, to take to that that sort mm-hmm. of a level. I really would encourage them to to get in touch with a, a good entertainment lawyer and and um, you know see who'd be willing to uh, you know to have that discussion with them. Yeah, definitely. I, I was just talking the other night with some some friends that I know that you know work in animation, and some are directors and, and you know kind of high up the chain, and they were talking about how it, it, so much of it also is about bringing in the audience, right? Like the studio, if you have your built-in audience, then the studio is more likely to do it. There's people that have worked in animation for, for a long time that are, are, are capable skill-wise, but they just don't have the brand recognition as an entity unto themselves, where actually somebody with a huge Instagram following base will get become a showrunner on a show mm-hmm. ahead of the animation veteran with 30-plus years because mm-hmm. this – person with the Instagram following can, can say to the studio, Hey, I'm bringing this audience with it. And these metrics are like a proven commodity that the other person who has more experience doesn't have. And, and, and some of them were actually expressing their displeasure that they were kind of frustrated that that's kind of the game, part of the game nowadays for, for some of the guys that are a little long in the tooth. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah I think, you know, there's something uh, Robert Kiyosaki says, you know, you can get mad at the game or you can learn how to play it. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, this is, this is, the, yeah. this is the industry that, you know, that you've chosen to be in. Right. And so if you're going to be in the industry and you know, the you know, the game, play the game to win. Right. Don't obviously yeah. you don't you don't like sacrifice your integrity to play the game, but you can play the game without sacrificing your integrity. Right. You have your lines that you don't cross and then you play the game to win. Right. And so, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where um yeah, that's 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 the truth, right? But hey, imagine if you are somebody with the superior skill and you've got a good following, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to push you above the person with just the following but lesser skill, right? Yeah. And so, you know, again, you, you play the game to win, right? Um, I I think that sometimes, you know, one one thing that uh, that would help indies and, and different creators overall is if, you know. Um, there was even more of a community uh, as far as, you know, followings and stuff are concerned. I think sometimes there's a fear that, okay, you know, I've got my line of of content and my products. And, you know, if I shout out too many people, maybe, you know, my my fans won't have enough money to spend on my stuff or, you know, (laughs) or. or, I've absolutely seen some of that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that, Overall, you know, the, the community as a whole would be benefited with, with less of that that sort of a mindset. And, you know, maybe the maybe the um, the silver bullet to that would be to come up with a way where um, where, you know, if they either a platform or something where you can actually incentivize uh, the, the sort of networking that really uh, can can strengthen the, uh, the community. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. There is a way to, to really make that be in, in, in people's self-interest, right? You know, then we could, you know, we could end up with a with a community so big, we might not even need to <laughs> go outside in order to start. And I got to give you a huge shout out because I think you're the first guest on the show that's ever uh, said Robert Kiyosaki. And I'm a big fan of Robert Kiyosaki. Like one of my favorite <laughs> sayings, of his, sayings of his is always, um, is if you don't care about money, money doesn't care about you. 
and, and 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 um and and his his book Rich Dad Poor Dad is like absolutely mind changing. It, it is yes. that okay. guy. What's um, the name again? I got to write this one down. Uh, Robert, Robert Kiyosaki. How you spell that Kiyosaki? Go for it, JC. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. So it's not exactly spelled how it how it sounds, but it, it sounds starts, Japanese. It it is Japanese. It's K I Y O S A K I. Okay, I would have gotten close. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Robert Kiyosaki, and he's got a um, great book, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Uh, I think anybody in who's in the comic book industry, I think you should read Rich Dad Poor Dad uh, because it's going to help you just with how to look at your resources and money. Uh, there's a okay. business component to <laughs> to producing the comics that's really important. Um, but but and, my art. But my art. <laughs> and, and the thing <laughs> is, right? You know, in the beginning, you're doing it all yourself, right? Yes. So you need to have you need to have yes your expert level knowledge in, in the art and the craft but then you need to have at least intermediate knowledge in the business side of things yeah. or you need to have a, or you need to have a business expert partner right, right. until right. you can get to the point where you can pay somebody and basically outsource that knowledge need right and so um yeah so in the beginning everybody needs to needs to be in on that so i would say that's a great one just to help you with you know, with how to look at money, how to look at achieving success. Um, the yeah. E-Myth is also a really good book by Michael Lee Gerber. Um, that's going to help you to create turnkey systems inside of your company, um, which if comic book creators could figure out how to do this. I think um, Kablam, I think it is, who you actually uh -huh. shouted out, who you shouted out earlier. I think they're actually pretty close to doing this. I mean, they're, they've become a very big company. Uh, with a lot of indie creators going to them to get stuff produced. Um, oh, yeah. And they, I, I think that they've gotten really close to perfecting their turnkey system. Um, but if, if a comic book creator can perfect a turnkey system, I mean, you can crank out high quality comic books as just as consistent as, you know, the taste of McDonald's is from one store to the next, right? And so, <laughs> you know, the, the E-Myth by Michael E. Gerber is another really, really good one. If, you know, just... You know, between these two books, you can, you know, really start soaking in some of the business savvy that will help you, uh, you know, have more of a platform for the art side that you care about most. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Martin says, Colors for Wolf Hunter, listening in. Glad to see you. And he says, Turnkey System, the Marvel Method. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Martin, when you say Marvel method, I think of something different, right? I think of the, the way the scripts were written. Uh, yes, right. <laughs> he says Roland will like that. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, okay, so Tommy has I haven't put Tom, Tommy's left us a, a message here, and he's he, he and I talked about this today. Something that uh, we wanted to bring up, but before I do that, I want to make sure that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if Tommy heard that. He goes, I like those Kablam guys. <laughs> so, so full disclosure, JC, Tommy is a partner in Kablam. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, and I've known, I, actually, I've known both of the partners, uh, Tommy and, and his partner, Barry Gregory. Uh, I've known Barry since I was in sixth grade, and I've known Tommy since college. Wow, that's awesome! Yeah, you know, know them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it was it was just kind of cool to hear you pull them out of out of nowhere and like, hey, we know those guys at Kablam. 
uh, yeah, and and so uh, so I'll just go ahead and kick it up here. So Tommy said normally he would have been here. He's so sorry I couldn't make it again. He says next week I'm back. He said till then y'all talk about my favorite poster pirates. So <laughs> so um, so for those who are listening, you might not know what poster pirates are. <laughs> Tommy says <laughs> Tommy says he knows way too much. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I've heard them called poster pirates. I've heard them called print jockeys, but if you go to conventions these days, you're mm-hmm. going to see them. They are, uh, you know, and I don't want to call them local so much, but, but they're often the local artist who's never made a comic book, but he's sitting there with a wall full of prints. I want to make sure I say prints and they're all of Marvel, DC, uh, uh, Hollywood characters, you know, aliens and men in black, and they're all full of, of characters that they don't own and they don't have the rights to. If you ever speak with one of them, this is their, this is what Tommy and I were laughing about this morning. The first thing they'll say was my art. Well, you drew it. Yes. But oh, d- dude, I've heard that so many times. They're like, you don't have the rights to do that. That's my art. I drew it. Right. I'm like, no, you don't understand. You make it so. So, can you maybe tell us what the law says about yeah. about this? Because that's uh, you know, for someone like me, that's like it's uh, you know, it's like a no brainer. It's like no, you don't right. do that. <laughs> so um, here's here's how you know I would state the law uh, simply in a in a concise way. Is I would say, okay, the character is a copyrighted character, right? Let's say Batman. Batman's a copyrighted character. Mm. What that means it's is that simple. DC has the sole ability, they have the right to copy that character. If you are not DC, but you are copying that character, it doesn't matter if you bring your own ink. It doesn't matter if you bring your own pencil. It doesn't matter if you use a printer or you use a pencil or a pen or a marker. If you are copying that character, you are infringing on their right. <laughs> yeah, yep. And that's how I would explain the law. <laughs> you know, it just it just it, it seems way too simple. Mm-hmm. So seems I, I took common sense on it. Does you know? It's it's like now if you're you know the the of course this wouldn't apply to the, the poster cards we're talking about, right? But if you're you know just kind of doodling for your for your own personal pleasure, that's one thing, but the moment you in, introduce pecuniary gain into the mix, right, mm. you know, that's where you're, that's where you're in trouble. Yeah, m- m- you make money, right? Tommy mm-hmm. says, bingo! <laughs> <laughs> so, so by that rationale, I couldn't film a Star Wars movie on my phone and then charge people to watch it in my living room. And, uh, <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> <Darn> it! <laughs> Well, you know, it's, that was it's, a joke, Disney. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> They're always listening. Yeah. Curtis Medina's, uh, you know, representation is not reflective of Silverman uh, <laughs> <laughs> LLC. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, uh, Tommy and Barry both tell me. He said they get they get stuff all the time. People asking them, "Hey, I did this bat- cool Batman print. Can you make a hundred copies of it?" He's like, "No, not unless you've got a letter from them saying that you know it's okay for." You. Uh, uh, Tommy says, "No, your Star Wars movie is fine." Hey, Tommy, can I on there? Can I tell them? Uh, can I tell them the uh, Todd McFarlane story? If 
you give me permission to to uh, tell that story because I think it's a it's a great story. Um, uh, but I'm not going to tell it without uh, without your permission. Uh, Royal Airship says so. At cons, I should dress up in a lawyer costume and hand out cease and desist letters. Ooh, <laughs> you wouldn't want to do that. Make <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tommy says yes. I can tell the story, so I, I may not get it completely right. But here's here's something that 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 actually happened to them. Um, they got a submission one time from um, a kid, like a, a very young artist, and I want to say that submission was Spawn. They had, but the, the the you know the kid had just drawn Spawn. It was clearly a kid. They they said you could tell, and they're like, oh man, we feel bad, but you, you can't do this. This is this is it's you can't do it. You don't own the copyright. It's Todd McFarlane's thing. And so they sent him a nice message back, and then the father responded, "We actually have Todd McFarlane's permission." Here it is. And they're like, what? So cool. Todd McFarlane actually gave them wow. permission to print the book. That How is cool so is cool. that? That's so that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. That's, and that's, cool. that's just, you know, that's another reason that just makes me, me love the character, the person of Todd McFarlane, you mm -hmm. know? Um, I, yeah. I so it's it, something like that too. Like, like you could have any stage play of any Stephen King book. If you give them a dollar, as long as it's like a stage play for kid, like a, a college or or something like that, you just have to send them a buck. Something I along. I know that. Cool. Check with him before you yeah. do that. Right, then. of course. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I the sound a, of that. I had, I had a question for for JC, and I'm not too sure how familiar, but it's something I thought was fascinating that I heard about in recent years, which is like deal structures in entertainment, where where like for instance Star Trek or even Star Wars, there's certain things that supposedly in the back end, there's something where you can take a property and renew it or have a new version of it if you change it and it's 25% different. If it's 25% yeah. different, then somebody that's reintroducing it or the new director of the film gets more profits off the merchandise. Like, for instance, I heard that's why C-3PO has a red arm in the sequel, sequel trilogies, because that makes him 25% different. And so the J.J. Abrams crew would get more points on the merchandising because they they introduce something different. I don't know if, if you've heard any of anything wow, like that. Wow, that sounds but, underhanded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if, if anybody else has heard anything like that, but I just thought uh, it was I, I have not heard anything about that. Anything on that point. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not I'm not going to comment on that. Aside to, <laughs> from from saying you know it sounds interesting to me, but, uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I'm I'm not too familiar with that one. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So, so Fruit So, here's a good one. Fruit has this question, uh, and I do want to address this. He says, "Wasn't there sort of an unwritten understanding that comics companies would allow people to make images of their characters for sale at kind uh, at cons, kind of to promote their characters, or is that just for Artist Alley?" So, absolutely not. <laughs> that that is there is no, and I can say this for a fact as you know, me and Curtis and Roberta having been there. Uh, at a big company and at, at Marvel and having talked to some Marvel and DC editors in the last few years, that is absolutely not the case. And here's the reason, here's part of what you have to understand about this. Okay. So if you're uh, an artist alley artist and you just say, Hey, I'm going to do something. Uh, I'm going to draw wonder woman, but I've decided I'm going to give wonder woman. And, and I don't know that I've decided I'm going to give wonder woman size 56 breast, Right. Here's the problem is that DC, unless you have the 
permission from them, DC has no control over what you do. They don't control that. So you could theoretically put Wonder Woman in any kind of uh, 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 clothing garb. Compromising positions. Compromise. Yeah, exactly. And DC would say, no, we don't like that. So, uh, no, that are, there was never any unwritten uh, understanding. Absolutely not. Because they don't want you to do that because they want control of Wonder Woman. They want to, not just Wonder Woman, but all of them. They want to be able to, to have the say of this is what Wonder Woman should look like. And if you don't get it right, if you abuse that, you can't do it. And this is why you have to license uh, the the character in order to do that. So no, there is a, and you know that's that's you know, we talked about. Oh, it's my art. This is another thing that I that I hear sometimes is like, oh well, you know they 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 give people permission at conventions to do that because it promotes the character. No, no, they don't. They, yeah. They've never done that. <laughs> I think Marvel and DC are doing pretty good on that side right now. So I don't think they need <laughs> right. Yeah, they more help. yeah, yeah. You know, n- none of us would know who Spider Man is if it wasn't <laughs> yeah. for the Comic Con. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't for posters at Comic Con booths. You know, <laughs> <laughs> table table thirty five A. You know, yeah, really yeah, cool. there it is. <laughs> Company would be shambles. Yeah, yeah. When it, when when people go to get go to the movies, it's like, how did you hear about Batman? You know, it's like table thirty five A at the convention. You know, <laughs> that's why. Okay, so so here's a good part two of this, and and I, I know part of this answer. Uh, he, he says, uh, Beth, so if an artist works for the company and is at a con, then what are they allowed to do?" So you want that. To so, I mean, that's going to depend on what their what their contract is. Um, you know, generally, they're going to be allowed to do more things with the work that they've done for that company than somebody who hasn't done any work with that company. Um, but it's going to depend on on what their contract is. So. Yeah. Well, 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 for instance, Mike Zek, right? So everybody knows Mike Zek. Mike Mike Zed, Mike Zek is the guy who did the first Spider Man uh, black costume cover for. Um, Secret Wars. Thank you, Secret Wars. <laughs> uh, I saw it. I could see it in my mind's eye, but I was like, "What? The, I can't see it. Can't read the title." Uh, you know, if you go see Mike Zek at a, at a convention, he has that poster, right? That that piece of art. That's his art, published by Marvel. So, because Marvel pr- uh, because Marvel printed it, it's an officially recognized, you know, approved version of it. And and um and Zek has the approval from Marvel to to do that and to sell those at conventions, right? Um, so so did the poster pirates get canned? <laughs> oh, we sure wish they did. Uh, unfortunately, they are running around like crazy at all the conventions. You know what's um, interesting? Um, a thought that just hit me, but not 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 saying that I'm necessarily wishing a bunch of legal action on anybody but you know if they were to get quote canned the indie scene at comic cons would become much more important wouldn't it much more important because now artist alley would only be it true independent creators and those who have licenses right who marvel or dc or whoever has given them right to for a character right yeah and so you know the the actual indie creators would their importance would quadruple 
you know, an artist in any given artist alley of any comic convention, you know, if uh, if that were to happen. Um, and and saying this, right, it's it's interesting because I, I I wonder. I mean, there there are multiple reasons why I think DC and Marvel don't pounce, right, if you will, on on the, these these poster pirates as they're called. But I, I almost wonder if maybe this is you know just a little part of the uh, analysis, right? Is that hmm? Well, if we did do this, right? Even if we even if hypothetically we receive no blowback to our image from going after the little guy, right? <laughs> right. Right. You know, even if hypothetically we receive no blowback, well, now we've created a vacuum that our these little competitors of ours will fill up. And oh, that's an right? And then, and then potentially grow and maybe challenge us, right? And so that is an interesting thought. Mm -hmm. That's an evil, interesting thought. Mm -hmm. yeah. See it so happening though. You know, so yeah, there, there could be mul uh, a multiplicity of reasons as to why wow. uh, certain actions haven't been taken. I, I have never, I have never even considered it that way. Uh, I know that you and I talked, you know, at MegaCon, one of the things that um, you know, I talked with a person from D.C. a couple of years ago, and they were aware of the problem, but they were like, you know, how do we police it? There's so many conventions, you know, every single weekend. There are multiple conventions around the U.S. weekend, you know, it's like, how do we police something that like that? We don't have the manpower to go out and, and just start issuing all these cease and desist letters, you know? It's kind of like the, the carny the carny attitude is kind of alive and well with the porch pirate. I mean, the, the pirates, <laughs> yeah, the Christopher pirate. <laughs> the pirate, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, Mr. Rowland, what's, what's funny though, right, um, about that statement is that all you have to do if you're Marvel or DC is you go after the con. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's actually quite simple, right? Your argument is simple. You are facilitating. I, I could go really in depth with all the legal jargon, but mm -hmm. it amounts to you are facilitating, right? And, you know, therefore aiding, right? And that's your argument. You can go after, maybe get some sort of an injunction until the, the proceedings are, uh, yeah. are completed. And you go after one or two big boys and it, it, it's 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 all the the all the little cons are scared yeah all the big cons are like okay let's hold up and let's pause pending the, the resolution of this court case right yeah. and so you know it's like okay because i mean think about it right years of this one on years of cons mm -hmm. and at every single one poster pirates right yep. so it could be easily argued and and in many cases, the exact same poster pirates at the exact same convention year after year after year. So you cannot claim right ignorance or 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 or, or anything. Any a lot of defenses that might be claimed, it makes it harder to claim them. Yeah, when yeah. you have the exact same person, this is all they do, and you've had them back year after year after year. And they tell you what they do when they apply to have a booth. You, they give you the link showing what they do when you, <laughs> and you have to evaluate it in order you to give them the booth, right? So it's just it makes it hard to claim a lot of defenses that might otherwise be available. And so, you know, um, you know, I maybe I'm just 
you know, I'm, I'm just having ideas that none of their lawyers have ever heard. But more likely, <laughs> right, more, more likely than not, it's that there are reasons why they're not doing it as opposed, and, and they don't include we can't do it. Right. right? Um, yeah. And so, you know, I, I think public image is, is a big one, right? Um, you know, there, there would be people who get sour on them if they feel that Marvel and DC are like going after the little guys, right? Because everybody yes. looks at these billion dollar corporations, but oh, you know, some guy making a couple thousand dollars on one. Yeah. Y'all are going to like destroy him or something, right? Yeah. But on the other hand, I mean, they already do this, right? Um, yeah. The Lightning McQueen guy, I'm not sure if y'all are familiar with this, but Lightning McQueen from Cars, there's a dude on TikTok. Uh, he created a literal life-size Lightning McQueen, perfect replica, eyes moved, all this sort of stuff. And his TikTok account garnered like hundreds of thousands or millions of views. Um, he was the number, he became the number one Lightning McQueen cars related TikTok, you know, like <laughs> social media account or whatever. And so, you know, not too long after that, he got the, the letter from Disney, right? Yeah. And so, you know, when I see stuff like that and it's happened in other areas, you think, okay, well, they are willing to do that, right? They are willing to, you know, go after the, the little guy, if you will. You know, at least when, when they think that's what the influence is. Well, so do you think some of it then is is an economy of scale? Uh, they look at they look at somebody, they look at a quote unquote a poster pirate in a convention and say, "Well, you know what? Yeah, there they are, but that's 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 beneath our notice, so we're not even going to bother with that." Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, maybe if they're, I, I think that's a reasonable way to look at it, um, unless they figured out that. Uh, that they could go after a con, right? Because if Mm. you go after the entire con, well, now every single poster pirate is just kind of looped into one group, right? And any individual one, and you might say, oh, well, right. But when you combine all of them together and you look at the hundreds of thousands of dollars of business that might go on at any given comic convention, like any major one anyway, right? You know, the combined monies that otherwise could have been going into like a DC property or Marvel property proper, right? Um, you know, then that that actually could arise to you know to the level yeah. of something worth checking into. Yeah. So I think if they're if they're looking at it as like you know on an individual basis, you know, <clears throat> I think it's reasonable to say, like you said, it's a it's a scale issue. Yeah, but, and that, that kind of makes sense. It, well, yes, and, and this is this is one of the reasons I, I, I'm you know, of course, Daytona Beach Comic Con is one of our sponsors. So shout out to them again. Uh, but, you know, the uh, Tom, the guy who runs that, he he's uh, he and I talked about this a little bit and he is uh, he's very aware. He's like, yeah, I don't want those guys at, at, at my show. You know, I want the people who make comic books. That's who I want at, at, at my show. He goes, I don't want someone just going to sit up there. You know, he didn't, I don't know that he used the term poster pirates, but I, it's like, he said, that's not, I'm not looking for those, those kind of people. I want the people who make comic books, you know, uh, Olo is another good one. Olo is, is in Orlando. And, and um, you know, I know that they're of the same mindset. They want people who make uh, the comic books. And so that's, that's why I'm a big fan of, of them. Fruit Bat's got a whole bunch of questions here. Um, let's see here. Uh, Roberta, do you, do you want to, I've let the clock get by me. Do you want to yeah. let Curtis pop up there? Or sure. You want to keep going? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Curtis, you want to pop I up? I can keep going. Yeah. It doesn't matter. 
Yeah, that, that's cool. Um, let me okay. just something here and I'll. All right. Uh, so I'm going to run through these, uh, uh, JC, and then I'll just kind of let you, because he's got several posts here, and I'll just kind of let you kind of pick which one you want to uh, tackle here. Uh, so his first thing is, uh, are the company artists allowed to make sketches of any characters of that company's library, or are they limited only to the characters they've worked on? Are the comics artists allowed to use actors or people's likenesses, or where does the line get drawn? Uh, in the in the 80s and 90s, Amy Grant sued for her likeness on a Marvel cover, but recently mm-hmm. an artist used Hilary Duff's face for a painted cover for Sheena. And Frank Miller snuck in Helena Bonham Carter's face on one of the girls in Sin City on a panel. So um, the first question as far as, you know, what can a, can a writer or, or an artist do or do not uh, as far as, you know, characters they've drawn or haven't drawn during their time working with the company, that's all going to be decided by them and the company, right? So, they, yeah. you know, they've got that contract. That'll handle that. Uh, as far as using people's likeness, uh, likenesses, um, you know, that is kind of going into the same thing, right? If you're yeah. directly using somebody's likeness, uh, they have a right to their own image. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is, you know, part of the reason why actors make money, right? <laughs> is that they have a, a, a right to their own image. Because they're uh, good looking. Right. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> You know, and the same thing with models, right? You can't just, yeah. oh, you know, here, here's this famous model. Let me just Photoshop her onto my cover <laughs> and with my product. And, you know, let's slap one of my comic books in her hand like she's reading it. And, you know, and boom, you know, world famous model using my comic book. <laughs> right? Well, yeah. they, they have, every human being has a right to their likeness, right? Now, models actually monetize that right. right? Like yeah. Making that bundle of stick. And, you know, selling that stick, right, you know, a, a piece of that stick for whatever price they, they their, their agents agree on. But, but yeah, so everybody's got that. And so you could, uh, you could definitely run into some issues by Ill, if you illegally use someone's likeness, um, you know, without, without having permission. Uh, so, you know, you, you want to definitely... Uh, make sure you read up on the law on that. Speak yeah, to okay. a lawyer if you're trying to use a particular person's uh, likeness. Um, you know, if you're trying to use a living person versus a, a person who's passed away, um, definitely go speak to a lawyer, right? Who can mm-hmm. give you some advice on the specifics of whoever you might be trying to uh, to, to draw as far as a likeness. Of dead, dead people tend to be less litigious, right? <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> You would be surprised. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> People, people's estate will bring them out of the grave so that they can sue you. <laughs> there are some very litigious estates. <laughs> so I, I want to go back to uh, part of his question here. Um, when he talks about, are the company artists allowed to make sketches of any of the characters? Okay, so... One of the things I want to uh, maybe kind of define here before we go into the, to, into the, uh, me asking you the direct question, um, you know, there, there, there are sketches and there are prints. Now, uh, an artist can go make a fantastic drawing. Let's just keep using Batman. Uh, can use a, uh, make a fantastic drawing of Batman. 
you know, uh, pencil, ink it, color it, make prints, you know, go to go down to the print shop and, you know, make 100 copies of that, stick it in their box and sell prints at the show. Or they can get a stack of typing paper and someone can walk up and say, hey, can you draw Batman for me? And they can do a commission, a one off. They'll just draw it right then and there and hand that person that original piece of art as a commission. There are many who believe uh, that the the prints are 100 absolutely illegal, but there are many who believe that the the sketch is a commission, so it is a private transaction between two people, and therefore it doesn't fall under the same uh, the same rules as the print. So I can come to you and say, "Hey, JC, draw Batman for me." And you're like, uh, well, I can't make prints. I'm like, no, no, I want to buy the original. And you draw it, and I give you money for it. And that that's different because that's a private commission. Can you address that at all <laughs> without getting in trouble? So, so if, um, okay, so DC has copyright for Batman, mm-hmm. which means they have the right to copy, which means if I copy without their permission, I've infringed upon their right. It doesn't matter if, you know, the person who's asking me to copy is standing right in front of me yeah. <laughs> or if I copy before meeting them, right? You know, if I copied, I'd copy. <laughs> so, so, you know, so, so if I don't have, you know, permission or a license from them to make copies, I can't make copies, um, you know, whether I'm using a printer or I'm using a pen or a pencil. Whether you know I'm doing it for one person or five thousand people, right? Um, you know, now if like I like I alluded to earlier, you know, if you're just drawing for your pleasure, and, mm-hmm. you know, let's say as an example, you know, you are drawing because you just want to give a piece of art to some children's hospital just so that they can you know have neat art or something like that, yeah. and all the kids like Batman, and so. You know, you you spend your own time, your own money to create this large drawing of Batman and you give it to them for free, right? You don't write you make it clear that you don't own Batman. I'm sure they already know, but you make it clear that you don't own Batman, you're not doing this on behalf of DC or anything like that. Well, and you're not you're not kind of making any um pecuniary gain off of mm-hmm. doing it. In fact you you know, you spent money You know, that's gonna be a different issue in the eyes of the law. Right. But uh, but as far as copying and selling art, I mean, if you've copied without permission, <laughs> right, <laughs> then you have infringed upon their right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, OK, good. That was, that was a very cool answer. And there's so many, I, I think, of these sketches. I, I would almost say that those are probably more prevalent, 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 more prevalent in, in conventions than, than poster pirates because you know all of them do it all, all the artists is like you know hey i'll do commissions for you who do you want i want you to draw punisher or batman or spider-man you know and they'll they'll a lot of artists have a big long long commission list so um, and you know now one thing that i've noticed um, some of the comic companies do is they'll per, they'll have you know these blank cover issues that yeah. they'll make and then they'll send out and you know they're <clears throat> you know you could speak with a lawyer or contact the company whether it's marvel or dc 
uh, to see, okay, well, what are they allowing <laughs> when they're when they're sending out these blank copies, right? Um, and you you might find that, oh, okay, they're allowing X, Y, and Z. So within these very strict guidelines that they have <laughs> that they have set, um, you know, they're allowing things to be done on these blank cover issues. Yeah, um, you know, yeah. but. To some, to someone on the outside looking in, and and Roberta and Curtis, y'all correct me if you think I'm misspeaking here. That would almost seem the the, the sketch covers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that would almost seem like Marvel and DC are saying, "Hey, we're printing the, we're printing a sketch cover." That's almost, from my mind, saying uh, we're giving you permission to, to hire someone to draw on it. Yeah, I mean, why else would they print a a sketch cover? You know, if they did not intend for you to uh, commission an artist to draw on it, you just put your to-do list (laughs) so you can doodle on it. (laughs) (laughs) To-do list, you know, pick up groceries. (laughs) Yeah, read my comic book at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, uh, but I don't know the answer to that. I honestly would like to know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tommy said, I agree, but, but what do Marvel and DC think we're going, I think he meant who, but who do Marvel and DC think we're going to draw on the sketch covers? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think to me, the sketch cover thing is, is almost, um, and, and, and I know that's not the law, but to me, it's like a Marvel and DC printed, they printed a sketch cover. That's yeah. all. That's to, that, to me. That's them telling me, okay, buy this sketch cover and then go pay somebody to do a, a drawing on it. So, uh, <laughs> Thomas, yeah, says, I mean, maybe I, they're I, just I, printing. Maybe they're just blank covers, saving them money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that you know um, you could contact the companies or uh, get in touch with the lawyer, and then you know. And, and either see well, that, what Marvel and DC say directly about about their purpose of printing this, um, or you know speak with the speak with the lawyer about it. But would that be a, that, if that was an argument? If, if there was some kind of uh, legal stuff that came up, how how would that argument hold up? I think that it. I think that that argument or an argument, you know, approximating that. Would hold up a lot better than anything a poster pirate could say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and I will say there are. Uh, I have seen um, a bunch of artists. I shouldn't say a bunch. I, I have seen some artists on uh, in artist alleys that what they do is they go out and buy a bunch of blank covers, you know, for themselves. And then that's what they do. They just sit with them at the blank covers at their table. Some of them are already have art, but they have the blank covers. And then you can come along and, and commission them to draw something on those covers. And I think that's a good idea for those artists because that gives them, I don't know, that, that, that gives them, a, to me, that gives them a little something extra. Look, I've got these blank covers that, that, uh, that you know, Marvel and DC printed. So I'm just going to draw on it for you. And then you've got the Marvel and DC thing and, and I don't have to, be a poster pirate then. (laughs) (laughs) Fruit Bat said, did you already talk about uh, trademark versus copyright? We did, Fruit Bat. Uh, We talked about that a little earlier. But you do have another question that I wanted to get back to. Let's see here. Um, And I've got to ask real quick. So are we watching a comic book be created live right now? You you are. Yep. Uh, So so Roberta was up there first. Roberta, what were you working on? That was Pendulum. 
book three of Pendulum. Issue number three of P- Pendulum. And so now Curtis is working on. Yep, Shadow Ghost issue one. So that is too cool. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So that's... Yeah, I've, I've just been, you know, kind of. I've, I've been, you know, focusing on the convo, but I'm also focusing on, yeah. you know. <laughs> this comic book being created in front of my eyes. <laughs> I, I love to watch this, and in fact, I resisted the urge to 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 make uh, jabber to it. Roberta, who dropped in this mm-hmm. color in the background, <laughs> the whole <laughs> she was trying to color just a, a little portion of it. Oh, it happened the, all the time. Yeah, like, I, I had the wrong layer picked, and it went, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I like to work that way when I'm streaming, just because it's it's a little, it's usually faster. To okay. put everything on a separate layer, but then I forget, sir. So <laughs> I like only only once did I hear you make an ex- excla- exclamation like, like oh. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. I do that, yeah. It's Turn funny though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't help it. Sometimes these things happen. So Curtis, did you did you go is this you know, you and I talked about these balloons here. Yeah, so, are, those so, on, are those on a separate layer now? Um, well, yeah, they, they are, and um, okay. actually, yeah, they're actually all done. But I just took them out because I don't want to give any spoilers away about what's going on in the uh, in the story. So, <laughs> oh, <I see. laughs> so, so just while Roberta was doing, I was just like whiting out all the wording on a separate layer, just so nobody can see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm surprised you don't have it on its own layers. Me too. I do. I do actually. Okay. I do. But why did but, you white it out? Why didn't you just hide the layer? It was just faster. It was just because, because actually this was like one of the earlier pages that I lettered. So I had okay. it actually like separate folders for each panel. And so oh, I was like, yeah. I was like, let me just do it faster. And I, I just slapped the layer on top and just whited it all out. <laughs> but yeah, JC, that's one of the things we, we do like to try to do um, is we like to try to, um, to while, while we're streaming to have, you know, someone doing mm-hmm. art, so that it's not just our faces up on the screen. <laughs> right, right. No, that's cool. I think that's really cool. Uh, yeah, and so uh, they th- these guys, uh, Roberta actually kind of shoulders a lion's share of it. I will say, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, right. but they kind of the, Roberta does it. Curtis does it. Tommy does it. Uh, Pete hasn't done it too much since uh, the, the tra- change to Streamyard because he's having technical difficulties, but. Um, uh let's see here um i had one time that Streamyard just would not let me share at all uh yeah um i am trying to i think this is it yeah uh so yeah we try to we try to do that uh you know we, we don't ever um the writers never do that because you know <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a typewriter you know for for some reason <laughs> uh, you know I, I i posted something on twitter that i thought would get far more flack than it did uh, last week and i said on twitter i said just because you can type doesn't mean you can write Ooh. oh that is fine I, words <laughs> I, I heard somebody say that to somebody once that like i, I knew somebody was getting their artwork done at a print shop uh-huh. And, and they were arguing about how it came out and the print wasn't good. 
And the, uh, the person that worked at the, at the print shop had the nastiest insult. They said, sir, just because you can Google search images does not mean you're a graphic designer. Oh, <laughs> that's awful. That's brutal. Uh, that's pretty funny. So Frubat said, one artist that I read about, if someone asked them to draw Batman or Batgirl, they would stick their original character wearing, wearing the suit. <laughs> so <laughs> it takes Shadow Ghost and stick him in a Batman outfit, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, so, so I, okay. So since we're kind of on that, what what does the law say? And I hope I'm asking my questions in a good way. What does the law say about these mashups? Right? Let's say uh, Curtis does take uh, Shadow Ghost and has a mashup with Batman. Right. So but it's, it's clearly a mashup. You look at it as clearly not mm-hmm. Batman, but you can see Batman elements. Right. Those these mashups are super popular today. Um, where, what, what does the law say about something like that? So uh, there it can touch on multiple things. Uh, okay. it could, if you're saying they actually have, you know, your character plus, you know, Batman in the in a comic book together. Right. Well, now you're, you know, you are copying that character, Batman, right? Um, if you are, though, there is a, an exception when it comes to copyright law for parody. Uh-huh. And so, you know, if you are doing a parody, but it, it has to be clear that it's a parody. It, it, it can't be, no, you know, this is basically the same character, but, you know, his, his colors, I don't know, red instead of black. Right. 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 Like, it, it has to be, clearly be a parody. Uh, and so there, there are certain, you know, certain exceptions that and defenses you can, you can have if you, you know, really, you know, have a good conversation with your lawyer and then follow his advice. But, um, you know, you can, you can learn how to navigate this and do things just like, you know, uh, Disney had the uh, Ugly Sonic, right, in the, in the movie that just came out, right? They, they were very specific and obviously Disney has all the lawyers, right? So, uh-huh. you know, they knew exactly what they needed to do in order to make this thing qualify as a parody. And the law is so stringent about this. You know, they have all of the people who worked on the film really avoid even talking about the character uh, Ugly Sonic. At least they give, uh, I believe it's Paramount, you know, grounds to go after Disney with, right? And so it's, it's, uh, it's a very, very, very a specific thing and so you know it's it's possible to do something along these lines but again you would want to you know speak with uh if, if you're trying to skirt the line you know you're, mm-hmm. you're going to want to speak with the lawyer uh for sure but if you're just you know if you're making something that's just clearly clearly a parody you know then then you're you know going to have an, e- an easier time with it more likely than not is there a um is there a time limit on parody? Because, uh, and what I mean is not, not necessarily time, but, uh, you know, a lot of comics have multiple issues that, that comprise a story. So let's say I was going to parody Batman in a story, but it's not just a single issue. It's going to, this story is going to take me six issues to do. Is that something that they're like, okay, well, you can get away with a parody in one issue, but it took you six issues, but it's a whole story. You know, I think you and I both talked a little bit, you know, the industry is kind of moving towards the the trades now, right? Everybody wants the trades. And so what happens is you publish the issues 
with your site set on the trade. So you're going to publish, you know, three, four, five, six issues or whatever, and then collect those into a trade. So that would make one story, right? So is there a limit on, say, the number of issues? So according to the law, a defense is a defense, right? Uh So if if the defense applies here and it applies there, then it applies in both places. Okay. Um, okay. And so, you know, as long as the defense is applicable, it is applicable. Okay. Cool. I've never heard that. What is it? What did you say? Defense of the defense? Uh, as long as the defense applies here, then the uh-huh. defense is applicable. So, okay. You know, your your defense a defense is a defense, right? Oh, that's that's so, pretty cool. Yes, sir. Um. Wow. Cool. Defense. Defense. Uh. All right, Curtis Roberta. Any other questions? Um, I'm not sure. I think, I think I'm good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot, a lot of great information. Yeah. yeah I know. So, because I know, so JC, because I know you're a geek, right? Um, as you walk around a convention, so so MegaCon, right? You walked around Artist Alley. You did a lot of a lot of stuff. What would you say? Um, Aside from the, the, I'm sure the lawyer eyes going around, that's illegal, that's illegal, that's illegal, that's illegal. <laughs> Aside from that, what would you, what would you, then it's just speculation, of course, but in looking at the, and I'm specifically talking about the small press comic book publishers here, the, 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 the single people who just make their comic book and even the small press publishers, what do you, in looking at them, what do you think is maybe maybe not their biggest challenge, but maybe the biggest mistakes that you see them making? So I think that well, okay, all right. There's there's a practical on the floor mistake that a lot of people make, and then there's a um, and, and that this one's easy, the first one's easier to fix. The second one's a little harder to fix because it's kind of built into a, a little more. Uh, the first mistake is just tabling, right? Okay. Uh, when uh, unless you're engaged with a with a with a potential client already, when somebody walks up on the table towards the table, you should engage with them. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, it's, it's, you know, this is tabling, you know, tabling 101 for, for yep. the most part. But you would be surprised how many people would walk by your stall um, who you could convert into a customer if you just engage them. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, a lot of people don't realize it's a numbers game, right? Don't take it. Don't get offended when somebody, you know, you know, looks at your art and then moves on. Right. You know, don't you know, don't take it personal. It's just a numbers game. You got to play the game. To win, right? right. And so, you know, you in you should really try to, you know, in a, in a reasonable, friendly, peaceable type of way, bring everybody to the table who you can and play the numbers game. And then after you do this a few cons, you'll realize, okay, for every X people I can get to come to the, for every X people who walk by, I can get Y of them to come to the table. And for every Y people who come to the table, I can get Z of them to make a person, right? And then once you realize those numbers, then you're like, okay, my goal is to get, you know, Y people to come to the table, right? right? First off, I know I need to go to cons where at least X people will walk by my table, first off. Right. Then I'll know when I'm at said con, I need to get Y people, Y number of people to come to my table, right? And then and then, as long as I get the Y people to come to my table, I know I'll make about Z sale, right? Mm-hmm. And so once you, once you do that, you're going to 
start to produce a, a more of a turnkey system, right? You know, and you'll start realizing, okay, these sort of intros work, these sort of things bring people in better, these sort of things get people's attention. When I make this compliment, I guess they're changing, when I make this to do better and blah, 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 blah. And then you start just building out a program that anybody can use, whether you're at the table, whether your assistant's at the table or whoever other team member, they have the paper. This is what you say. This is how you do it. There's so many people you need to get, blah, 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 blah. So you should be having this many people per hour or whatever have you. And then you have a turnkey mm -hmm. system. And so anybody who's at the table at any given time can start to produce consistent measures of success, right? And so yeah. that's, that's one part of it. And that's that's the tabling, the tabling aspect, right? Um, I do uh, tabling uh, every now and then for the Atlas Society. Uh, and the Atlas Society is a great organization, actually makes uh, comics itself. And um, it was actually the Atlas Society uh, that I was there at Megacom. That's one of our comics, it's Red Pawn. And another one is uh, Anthem that Mr. Rowland's holding in his hands. And so uh, these are comics, uh, comic book adaptations of Ayn Rand's novels. And so uh, I go to comic conventions on behalf of uh, the Atlas Society and, you know, disseminate these comic books. And in any way, you know, um, one of the things that I did, we had a, a Suncoast uh, at Suncoast Comic Con. It was a, a pretty, um, uh, you know, some, some comic cons tend to have a lot of people, other comic cons, <laughs> you know. Uh, Largely attended. Right. And so, you know, but we ended up still having quite a good, uh, quite a good time of it because I was using basic tabling tactics to bring people to the table. Right. And so, you know, uh, I was talking to some of the some of the other creators, indie creators, who have some good content, but they weren't really, you know, making sales. Right. And, you know, and they're like, oh, you know, usually the, the first day is the best day and then the, it kind of peters off after that. Well, you know, for for us, right, and our and getting comics into people's hands and stuff, we actually had a better day on the following days than we did on the first day. Um, you know, but again, so anyway, coming back to it, yeah. it's just tabling is 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 one thing. Generally, if you can, you know, sometimes it's hard to do this depending on how everything's set up. But if you can um, stand beside or in front of the table, uh, that makes it easier for you to engage with people and bring them to the table. Um, you know, so if you have a setup that's conducive to it, that's always awesome. Um, you know, having some big, beautiful piece of art, right, that, that on a stand and repeat behind you helps. Do not underestimate that because nobody knows your logo. Nobody knows your name. So you can have you can have a big, you know, you can have a big anonymous comics behind you. But it means nothing to anybody. Right. You might as well have just said blah. Right, you know, <laughs> nobody knows who you are. <laughs> right, right. My right. next banner is gonna say black. <laughs> so you know, it's like, but you have you know the big, beautiful art piece of artwork behind you, and that's gonna draw people because they might not know your name or the name of your characters, but people know good art when they see it. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and they know good characters when they see it. And, you know, and, and different styles of art will appeal to different people. And so they'll look at the art and they'll make a judgment right off the bat as to whether or not this comic book is the type of comic book they will like based on yeah. the art. And that gets to the second thing, the, the second thing. So the first thing is about tabling and then and, and both tabling tactics and then also just having, you know, some sort of art that, that shows off what you do. 
And then the second thing is, is a little bit more on the art. Start picking art based upon the types of people you want to appeal to, right? When you, you know, you, and, and I think most people kind of have an idea of it's already if you're an indie creator, right? But, you know, different styles of art are going to appeal to different types of people. Yeah. And so if you can kind of picture who you want your audience to be, right, then that'll help you determine what type of art you need to use and then by extension, what type of artist you need to hire, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, so you want to keep that in mind as you're, you know, as you're making your books, right? And and it's not necessarily a genre thing. Um, like there's a particular comic, I won't say the name, but there's a particular comic, the indie comic, and it's a um, fantasy type story. And I, I like Lord of the Rings, right? Mm-hmm. Big Lord of the Rings fan. I like Chronicles of Narnia as well. I read the books, watched the movies. Um, so I like fantasy, right? But I looked at the art for this fantasy comic and I knew from the art uh, or I made a judgment based on the art that this is not a type of comic that I would be in. Yeah. Right. Um, and so even within the genre, right, you know, the type of genre, you know, I, I was looking at the art because that tells me a little bit uh, about what to expect when I open the book. And so, yeah. um, you know, so that would be the other thing. Uh, that that I would encourage you. So you know, if you can, and 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 sometimes it's it's hard to do it because as an artist, you know, you have your character, you have your story, and you kind of kind of get wed to them, you know. Um, but you've got to know who your headliner is, mm-hmm. what which face, which body is going to draw people to your table. Okay, yeah. um, if you can, and you know, you can have whoever your your you know, your star runner is the, the thing that attracts the eyeballs and the people. If you can have that up front, right, and people come, you can use that as a segue into other characters, right? Um, you know, like, and this is a, kind of a silly example, but, um, but we all remember back in the day when Hannah Montana was like the biggest thing in the world, you know, you know, they were scalping tickets for $5,000, $10,000, you know, her merchandise was everywhere, every girl, it didn't matter what ethnicity, everybody yep. was a Hannah Montana fan. And Disney used Hannah Montana's fame in order to make the Jonas Brothers famous. And they used mm. the Jonas Brothers in order to make Demi Lovato famous. And they just, they were able to basically, they had their 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 headliner and they used their headliner to make more headliner, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, sometimes you might have to take your baby um, and, and, and realize, okay, this is my baby. I really like this particular comic book, but, you know, what my what is my headliner? And if I don't yeah. have a headliner, can I come up with one? And put the time, effort, and energy needed to make a good one, right? And then use that to draw people, and then I can kind of, you know, funnel yeah. a little bit into into that. So that yeah. would be what I I would say uh, is two things. I kind kind of like Marvel puts Wolverine, or at least they used yeah. to they put Wolverine in every comic, right? Yeah, no continuity. He was in every issue every month. What's right. <laughs> <laughs> working overtime? What's Wolverine doing in this one? <laughs> Fruit Bat says Silver Line is going to change to become the Blah Blah Line. <laughs> uh, well as i look at our clock uh, our time has uh flown by jc is there anything that you're like i'm surprised you didn't ask me this uh a- 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 that that you want to talk about or maybe just something that you're like here's what i want to say to you 
being me as a, a and us as independent comic creators and any other independent comic creators out there, something that you're like, I want to say this and you need to hear me. <laughs> so it, was, it was kind of a, a two pronged question, I guess. Yeah. So um, uh, I, I thought I'm, I'm actually a little surprised we didn't we didn't talk about like any favorite comic characters or. Um, or, or, <laughs> or, or, or the Trump's comics, right? You know, like, That's like, funny. Like, like, uh, have right here. This is my. Uh, I don't know if you can see that. Oh yeah, yeah, the sticker. Yeah, my, my Trump's. Um, yeah. It's, it's, actually, yeah, it's a great shape, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, so cool. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Really enjoyed. Really enjoyed those stories. I um. Yeah, I. I like was said earlier, I read the first one and I was like, okay, I've got to get the second one. Um, well, it was just you will be really happy great. Like, to know. Uh, uh, oh, you'll be happy to know. Then, JC, this is issue number three. All right. It's, it's all completely mm -hmm. penciled and inked. Oh, look at that, Curtis. It's all completely <laughs> penciled and inked. Uh, oh, there's a, that nice image from uh, Quentin Bedwell has uh, done all of this, right? So it is completely finished. It's not been uh, it's not been lettered or colored yet. And this is issue number four. By, yep. By Peter Clinton. Am I upside down? No, I'm not upside down. By Peter Clinton. So. All right. Yeah, it's, it, I am, I am looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I, I was so happy when I, you know, got got back to my place and I was reading through the comic. And, you know, you can tell in the first few pages, like, holy smokes, this guy's got a cool story, you know? <laughs> like, well, thank you. you. Know, I, I was just like, man, you know, I'm, flipping the page i'm like good gosh you know <laughs> that's you know it's 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 great like i'll tell you so uh referencing some of what i what i said earlier as far as my two points are concerned right so with with this the thing that drew me to your table was trumps right you know it was like wait you know does that say what i think it says right <laughs> right. right you know <laughs> right while while i don't know i didn't know your characters or your comic everyone knew the name right right <laughs> and so you know so that's what drew me to your to your table was that page you know um, and, then, <laughs> and then you know i ended up buying the comic book and then right and so um and then coming back, I think it was when I came back, I also got the cat and mouse uh, mm -hmm. stories as well. So I was like, okay, you know, you know how to tell stories. So I was like, okay, what else have you written? Yeah. Right. And, yep. and so, you know, and that's in the same thing, in the same vein of, of kind of what I'm talking about, right? There was one thing that drew me in. And then once I was drawn in, right, and you're able to convert me into, you know, you're able to convert the, the eyeball into a purchase, right? Yeah. And then after that conversion took place, I liked the product. And then I then, you know, broadened into other things, right? Um, whereas, you know, there was nothing about the, the cat and mouse that drew me in. It was the name Trump's thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so had that not been there, I, I might not even be in this live right now because we might not have ever, you know, had the first yeah. conversation. Right. Yeah. It's true. Um, and so, you know, have that hook. You know, I, I really encourage every indie creator 
um, figure out what the hook is, you know, and, um, you know, the, the hook can be anything, right? You know, it can be, you know, what, what anything that will get people to come to your table or, or really focus in, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter, you know, what it is, you know, a recognizable name, you know, a beautiful figure, whatever it is, right. you know, figure out what that hook is and then kind of use that, you know, uh, because when people come and then they hear, oh, wow. Right. Open the door. (laughs) I think I I think I told you, um, you know, the the creation of Trump's predates um, the 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 for our former president. And so we debated, you know, what's this going to do? What what is this title going to do? Because you of course you've read it. So, you know, clearly it has nothing to do with that. But we were like, you know, it's going to be because of the the environment that we're in is like you can't help but draw that at least you know that question and so ultimately we decided that you know whether for us doesn't matter pro or con it's like if that title draws you makes you pick it up then that's that's the battle we're trying to win right and Mm -hmm. the game we're trying to win and so okay if i can get you to pick it up then you can flip through and see that it's not about the former president. You'll either be disappointed or excited, right? But <laughs> right. but, but, yeah, but yeah. hopefully you'll then see. I oh, can see someone like flipping through the pages angrily, and then they realize, huh? Oh, you know, oh, and then listen, have a story. It's a story. Know? True story. True story. This happened at a little bitty show uh, in a little place called Eustis, Florida. Guy approached me angry. Well, I can't believe what are you? What are you doing here? And, and he's flipping through it. I'm like. What what have I done? It, I didn't know what he was talking about. What I can't believe you had put out a comic about that guy. And I'm like, what guy are you talking about? Right? And, and I'm like, I don't know what you mean, President Trump. And I'm like, oh, you're looking at the guy. No, that has nothing to do with it at all. And then he threw the comic book down and go ah, and walked off. And I'm like, ah. well, I told you it wasn't about him. Why didn't you at least buy it? <laughs> yeah, true story though. So there's a, a law school friend of mine. Uh, he came over uh, after the semester ended because I'm in Florida. Our law school is in uh, Virginia, and he was in a doing an internship in a different state. Uh, but anyway, after the semester ended, he came down to Florida, and uh, you know he was looking at the magnet, and then I don't know, he's like, "Does that say Trumps?" <laughs> you know. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> You know, and it's an eye catcher, you know, that's just, that's just the way it is. It is an eye catching, you know, uh, name. Right. Um, And I, and I think, you know, as, as long as, you know, you don't have people who are, are, who act unreasonably. Right. And and have like some unreasonable visceral reaction to it, you know, for, for the most, for most reasonable people, right. Like or hate, Right. You're you know, they, they'll be more intrigued than anything. They yes. might ask a question. They might go take a look at it. Right. Uh, and yeah, you know, that's, yeah, that's, a that's the, you know, I, I've had some snarky comments before looking at the, you know, someone walk up uh, Trump's, uh, you know, so I, I've had some snarky comments, but the, but that person there uh, is the only person that's ever kind of, you know, been sort of angry about the whole, and I never really figured out exactly what he was angry about. Uh, but, but you know, uh, you know, like I said, I've had some snark, but usually I try to react with, hey, you should look at it because it's not what you think it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and, and so yeah. Uh, so do you do you have a JC? Do you have a site that people can connect with you with? You want to wait till you have a a a, 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 a till you pass the bar and have a have a <laughs> a, a website you can send them to? Uh, I, I, I'm asking because if you want to send people who are listening to this, if you want them to come find you. Or maybe the, the question is, do you want them to find you yet? <laughs> Where can they so, find you? <laughs> so uh, on, on social media, I expect to achieve the word expect, the number two, and then the word achieve. Uh, cool. Instagram, uh, Instagram um, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, so you can you can find me on there. I don't post very much as of right now, but I, I, would, I do respond to messages across those, across those different platforms of social media. So that's where you can find me. Uh, and you can, you know, I, I will be, you know, posting the occasional update, like when I become a lawyer and everything. So yeah, of course, know, uh, feel mm-hmm. free to, you know, add me, you know, follow me. And uh, if you ever, you know, have any questions or anything like that in the future, I'll be more than more than willing to, to help out. And then uh, also, uh, if you'd like to find out more about at the Atlas Society, which is the organization that uh, that I go to to these comic conventions representing. Uh, you can find them at atlassociety.org uh, atlassociety.org to you know get connected with them and see the you know find out more information about the comic books that we produce at atlas uh or also you know find our social media and things like that yeah that's a that's a sharp looking suit you got on in your uh your twitter picture there <laughs> oh, <thank laughs> you. Uh, so so i'm gonna put you on the spot now um uh when, when's your bar exam uh it's in july Last uh, Wednesday of July. Okay, so uh, I can we ask you to come back after the bar? Yes, sir. <laughs> okay, uh, you can count on it. Then we'll, we'll we will ask you to come back after the bar, and then uh, then you can uh, maybe make some suggestions and devices at that point in time uh, that that you uh, can't quite do now because we do not want to get you in trouble. Absolutely. Um, right. but, but this is, this is absolutely something, um, that I know just from, from my time being in, in independent comics that so many independent comic makers just don't, they're intimidated by it. They're, they're intimidated, not just, they're intimidated, not just by the price, which is absolutely something that intimidates comic book people, but they're intimidated by the price, the process. They're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this. I don't know. What do I need? As you saw some of the questions, you know, hey, can you get a bundle? Can you do this? You know, because because the thing is, we know how to make comics, but we don't know how we don't I, all that legal stuff. I don't know. You know, it's like I, I, so. Yeah, we will uh, absolutely ask you to return after you have uh, successfully passed the bar. And we're going to be cheering for you. Uh, as you, I, I know that you've been you've been studying hard. Fruit Bat Thirty Six says this was great. Thanks, JC. Thank you. Um, so uh, we will absolutely do that, uh, but we do need to uh, we do need to call it a night, uh, JC. After we uh, uh, hang out, hang on a little bit. After we run the stuff, we'll, we'll chat a little bit after we're we're done here. Curtis, tell people where they can find you on the interwebs. Sure. Um, so two different websites because my my two different career paths. Uh, the first one is. Uh, I teach Kung Fu, so my Kung Fu website is tigercrane.net. And then my comic book that's coming up from Silverline, uh, Shadow Ghost, the Kung Fu comic by a Kung Fu master, is at www.theshadowghost.com. So you can find me there and all the social medias on both sites. 
Could you Excellent. say that again? www. Oh, uh, the theshadowghost.com. Yeah. Don't need to check it out. Excellent. <clears throat> Roberta, tell people where they can find you on the interwebs. Sure, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook under Roby Conroy. So um, that and right here on Sundays. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and uh, you can find me at Roland Man or sometimes it's Man Roland on all the social medias. Look for the caricature of my face. It looks just like me. Uh, we've got a Tuesday. I haven't seen a list of what. Uh, where's my calendar? I haven't seen a list of what's uh, on the slate for this week. Uh, it is 29th. So, oh, yes, I do. Uh, so the Tuesday crew, I don't know what the Tuesday crew is talking about on Tuesday, but uh, the Whammers this coming Wednesday will have uh, Kevin Van Hook uh, as their uh, uh, guest. And Kevin Van Hook is the uh, creator of um, Bloodshot. Thank you, Bloodshot. I'm like, oh, man, what <laughs> Bloodshot. So uh, he's going to be on asking all kinds of, uh, answering all kinds of cool questions from the Whammers. And uh, I will not be here next Sunday. Curtis will be uh, hosting for us next Sunday. Uh, next Sunday, Curtis, did we ever come up with a top? What do y'all talk about? Yeah, our subject is going to be about um, middle-aged Eurasian males uh, making comic books. I'm just it's very specific. I am experienced. Um, Roberta's no, like, I'm highly qualified for yeah. that. <laughs> no, it's it's going to be um, it's going to be about um, it's going to be team ups, and so basically we're going to talk about our favorite team ups, but also um, idealized team ups, like like who we'd like to see from different comic books come together or different mm -hmm. you know nice things like oh, that. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, right. and of course it has to include some some uh, Silverline team ups with others, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, and I will be as uh, as uh, Rory mentioned earlier. I will be at Three Rivers uh, Comic Con, my first time ever in the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, and so, uh, anybody up there who is uh, an Ultraverse fan, a Malibu fan, uh, dig through your back issue boxes and load those up and bring them to Three Rivers Comic Con in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I am happy to design. Anything that you uh, bring. I will also have new books there, and I'll, I'll be even happier to sign those for you, should you pick those up. Um, but, oh, oh, here it is. I was going to say, I can't find it. It's falling off here. Uh, let me get my banner. You guys know uh, what way we close this off every night. We'll see you next week. Same Silverline channel, same Silverline time. But until then, remember to... Make mine, mine silver line. Right. Good night, everyone. Hi, I'm Greg Horn. Make mine silver line. Thank you for listening to the Silver Line Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We know we ramble sometimes, but we have fun. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? We hope you'll follow us on all our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, Gab, and whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.